Every year at this time, one of the things I get to do, by God's grace, I'm grateful for this opportunity, is to help us as a church to take a moment and take stock of the year. And boy, (laughs) doing that this year um, is different, isn't it, in some ways. This is our 10th time to do this as a church. This is our 10th annual celebration. It's the 10th time that I've taken time to look back over our church's life together and try to get make some sense of it and try to make some sense of what we're going to do in the future. Um, and so as I look back at this year, a number of things I think stand out about our life together. And the first thing that stands out is suffering. Um, From nearly the first day of the year, our church has been in the valley of the shadow of death. I read over all of my um, remarks from all the previous annual celebrations. This morning I read over last year's. So it was given on this Sunday a a year ago. I had no clue (laughs) what was coming right around the corner. We've experienced as a church the unspeakably tragic death of a son, a brother. A number of us have lost our parents. Our church has been remarkably death-free, more than any church I've been a part of up until this year. We've had the least number of funerals of any pastor friend of mine, of any church that I've known of. And then this year, death, that imposter into God's good creation has lived, is living among us in ways that we've not experienced it before as a church. And in this valley, a number of people in our church have suffered despair. For some, this year with its lockdowns has provided, to be honest, a welcome rest from the busyness of life. There are people in our church who have said to me, It's actually been pretty good. The changes that happened have not been a terrible suffering. But for others, the suffering has really gotten a grip. For some in our church, this year has been virtually apocalyptic in its horror and isolation and damage. And there are some in our church who have lived the words of the Apostle Paul when he wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength, we despaired of life itself. Now that's the Apostle Paul describing suicidal level depression. This is the reality that people in our church, some have lived through this year. And then there's the political turmoil and the culture wars and the racial injustices. This has been a year 
with wave after wave of suffering, even this annual celebration, it was like, again, we're losing a thing. On our website are these pictures from last year's annual celebration. And I've looked at those this morning and I thought, yet another thing we lose. Another thing that stands out, I think, that we as a church should see from the year 2020 is prayer. Our church has always been committed to prayer. From the very beginning, we were committed to prayer in our personal lives, in our small groups, in our worship services. Our church prays. We pray because God commands us to pray. And we pray because prayer is a primary way that we participate with God in his making things new. And we pray because God acts differently when we pray than when we don't pray. And this year, boy, oh boy, have all those years of practice paid off. The prayers of this church this year saved my life. It, when I was in the hospital, you, so many of you, came at 7 in the morning and at 7 in the evening and six feet apart, knelt down in our, surrounding our house and prayed for my life to be spared and my family to be spared. So many of you this year have found yourself at the incredibly difficult intersection of evil, the brokenness of the world, and the life of God's kingdom. And you've gone to that intersection, and you've stood there, and you've stayed there, and you've turned that pain and that hope into prayer. And it worked. It saved my life. You, Some of you prayed more than you've ever prayed before. So many of you have told me stories about waking up in the middle of the night and being moved to prayer. So many of you have told me, Aubrey, I've always known I should pray, but man, I really prayed. I didn't even have to make myself pray. Prayer just came out of you. We experienced what Paul wrote to the Philippians. We experienced it this year. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 19, Paul says to the Philippians, Through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus, this will turn out for my deliverance. He was on the verge of death. And he writes to his church and says, Through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus, I will be delivered. We experienced that as a church this year. Let's not ever forget that we got that gift this year. As we reflect on 2020, let's give thanks to God for His Spirit praying in us and through us. Let's give thanks to God for this incredible gift of prayer. Let's give thanks to God for answering some of our prayers this year. A third thing that stands out to me about this year is our experience of Scripture. And this didn't stand out to me until I had spent a lot of time reflecting and searching for the grace of God in this year. In Acts chapter 6 verse 7, the church is growing. And listen how, how it's described. 
It says, and the word of God continued to increase. The word of God. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. In this passage, the word of God and the church are an indissolvable unity. They are so closely related to one another that the word of God is used as a name for the church. The word of God, that's the Bible. They, and the church are so closely related that in the book of Acts, when the church is, is growing, the way they describe that is the word of God is growing. At the very heart of Christianity is this. It is for us to be brought to God. That's the heart of Christianity. It's for you and your children and your friends and your neighbors. And it's for people to be brought home to God. That's what Christianity is about. And God does that. He brings us home to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus comes to us. Through his word, through the Bible. The Bible is the field in which is hid the pearl of great price. Jesus Christ himself. And to be a church is to be a group that returns to that field over and over. Digs in it. Reads it. Listens. Studies it. And then again and again finds ourselves brought to the face of God. And from... In, in, in Matthew chapter 13... Jesus tells this parable about his kingdom. And, he, and he, he teaches us that when it comes to God's kingdom moving forward in a city like Harrisonburg, like this region, he teaches us that for God's kingdom to move forward, his word is essential. Telling a parable of the movement of the kingdom, for Jesus, he tells a parable of the word. And it's from the beginning, I've been struck. This church, year after year after year, from our very beginning, has been blessed with people who are fundamentally committed to God's word. To the fundamental belief that it is in and through scripture that God speaks in order to be heard. That the church is the primary place where we hear God speaking in his scripture. Because the church is the bride of Christ, listening for her groom's voice. When the original group of people invited Janelle and I to come to Harrisonburg to meet with them, to see if we would join together to plant a church, do you know what we did in our first date? We had a party, and we had a worship service, and I preached. That was what, that's how we started getting to know each other. We said from the beginning, we were all committed that to be a church is to listen for the voice of God in the word of God. The church of the incarnation has always been committed to this. That, that God's word preached and taught and obeyed is a non-negotiable, fundamental, foundational aspect of what it means to be a church in times of pandemic or not. The voice of God speaking in Scripture is holy and majestic. It is the voice of God speaking in Scripture that birthed our church, that draws a church to worship, that produces in us real transformation and fills us with energy for mission in the world. That's why when the pandemic shut things down, we did not stop worshiping, 
reading scripture, preaching scripture, and we gathered any way we could around that. And I'm struck when I look back over this year that that has been a deeply consistent thing. When I was down for the count, the church continued to worship and gather around its word, the word of God, and listen for the voice of God. When the pandemic meant we couldn't be together in person, we invested lots of money and technology to do that. You know, when Satan tempted Jesus, his first temptation of Jesus to get Jesus off course of his mission... His, his temptation was to get Jesus to satisfy his flesh in an inappropriate way. And Jesus responded to Satan by quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. When I was in the hospital in ICU and it was very dark, a number of people in our church were sending me scripture. Why, why did they do that? Because man shall not live by medicine alone or bread alone, but by the word of God. And when I look back at our church this year, I see that. Not just with me, but with what we're doing right now. And we gather outside in a parking lot to do this. And we figure out ways in our small groups to do this. And I think as we reflect on 2020, we should give thanks to God for his word. Because throughout the confusion and the pain and the difficulties, the joys and the sorrows of this year, God's word has kept us. We have kept a firm commitment to listening for God's voice in Scripture as a church. We have been able to continue with our Sunday worship experiences in person, online, inside, outside. And God has fed us. Another thing that I, I, I see when I look back over this past year is fruit. God has borne fruit in our church. In Matthew chapter 13, when Jesus is talking about his kingdom moving forward, he talks about the word is essential and the word produces fruit. And boy, oh boy, over the years, this year is included, have we experienced fruit. Over the years, our church has time and again given to God and received back more than we gave. The church planting, the curates, this building... When we bought this building, we had such meager resources. There was no way our income added up to getting this building. And yet we bought it. We renovated it twice. We paid off those renovations. Our church, we've seen fruit over and over. So many of you have experienced the fruit of God in your life. Just think, those of you who over this year or over the years, you've had a, a quickening of your faith. So many people have experienced in our church their faith growing. Jesus becoming more precious. The kingdom of God becoming bigger. Your sense of mission in this world becoming larger. Time after time, our church has labored for God in his kingdom, keeping the word at the center, and God has produced fruit. This year, do you know how incredibly our youth ministry has grown? Some of you with teenagers know this, but those of you without teenagers don't know that our youth ministry has had incredible fruit this year. 
in its leadership, in its structure, in the number of kids showing up, in the fruit being born in their lives. For a couple of years, we've been trying to plant a church in Stanton. And it happened right in the middle of the pandemic. We had hoped it would happen last year, but it didn't. It happened this year. Back in 2018, we added a second service to our church. We went from one service to two services so that we could get bigger as a church, so that we could keep giving people away. And we wanted to be able to give more people away than we had been giving away to plant churches. But we needed to get big enough that as we gave people away, it didn't mean we had to fire staff. We had to get big enough so that giving away didn't cause us as a church to have to fundamentally change our programming and our staffing and all of those kinds of things. We needed to get big enough so that we could give away and grow and give away and grow and still be viable and functioning and healthy as a church. Because we did that, because we committed to get big enough to give people away, more at a greater pace. Last fall, we gave 18 people to Church of the Land. This winter, we gave 40 people to Stanton to start the Restoration Anglican Church there. This spring and summer, God raised up something like another 24 people in our church to join with Lamb. That's over 80 people. In the pandemic, we've given away over something like 80 people. That's fruit. That's wonderful. Because of that, restoration's got a, got a chance. Because of that, Church of the Lamb, is, it's, it's making it. It's getting traction. This 2020 has been a tough year, and yet in the midst of it, we planted a church and helped another church plant, and we started a partnership with Nuba Mountains. There are so many fruits that God has brought among us this year. The last thing I'll say is this. As I look back at 2020 and I look forward into the great fog of 2021, I'm not only struck by the suffering and the prayer and the scripture, I'm also struck by the challenges we're continuing to face and will face. Two challenges in particular. Number one, winter's going to be hard. It, it's it's going to be very difficult. It doesn't look like the vaccine is going to be really effectively changing things for some time now. They're saying maybe the public gets it effectively in the spring. This is going to be a challenge. So we as a church need to pray. We need to pray that God helps open our eyes to see the people who are drowning in the impact of the continuing pandemic. Now, we need to be mindful of, of the people who, for different reasons, this, the, the pandemic's impact is, is really going to hurt them. We need to pray for our small group leaders. They've had a tough year. They're having to do way more than they thought they were going to have to do when they signed up last year at the annual celebration. We need to help them, come alongside them, strengthen them. Another challenge we're facing is our building project. We need to raise $3 million. And to be perfectly honest, we're not big enough. We really are not. It really is too big. And so we need 
to deal with that. And we need to do two things to meet that challenge. One, we need everybody in our church to prayerfully consider how they can sacrificially give. And two, that's still not going to be enough. Two, we need to pray that God would, like Paul said with the Philippians, our labor, our prayers, the help of Jesus, that he'll pull this off. These are two big challenges we face as we come into the new year. Thank you, guys. We, we've made it here. And God, God is going to be just as faithful in the next 12 months. And the world is going to be just as surprising. Let's pray.